Hello, Walter, and Walter Freit is Assistant Professor in Philosophy and at the University of Reading, as well as an external member of the Munich Center for Mathematical Philosophy at the Ludwig Maximilians University of Munich. And his research focuses on the intersections of the philosophy of cognitive and bio biological science, the philosophy of mind and applied ethics. And his latest book is on a philosophy for the science of animal consciousness. So we are very much looking forward to your talk, Walter. And Thanks so much for the kind introduction. I'll try to talk very loud then. I hope that helps. Uh, let's see if my voice gives up by the end of the talk. So I'll talk today about artificial intelligence, animal welfare, and ethics of smart farming. Thanks to Jonathan, we already had a bit of an introduction here, so that's a nice way of going and moving into this topic. Now, what I'm going to talk about is a bit of a different perspective from what we've heard in most talks, which was a bit of a skeptical take, where AI as a source or animal suffering is typically seen as a problem, right? AIs aren't really seen as something that might help animals in any way. So a nice thing about this poster, I think, is it shows this robot hugging a pig, and perhaps that's nicely suggestive of a very different kind of relationship we might have between AIs and animals. Now, the thesis I will defend today perhaps a bit of a radical view, and that is that animal farms have a moral obligation to implement smart farming AI technologies. Why do I hold this view, or why will I defend this? Well, I will argue that since they can improve animal welfare without diminishing productivity, there really isn't much of a good argument against introducing these technologies in a farming context. Now, you already mentioned uh, my recent book, uh, based on my PhD thesis, A Philosophy for the Science of Consciousness, in which I try to yeah, develop a scientifically grounded approach to answering questions about what animals experience, especially in relation to positive and negative states that can impact their welfare. I've also written about how we might expand such a framework to AIs, who of course are even farther away from our conscious experiences. I've worked together here often with Heather Browning. A recent paper that came out is called Studying Introspection Animals in AIs. And originally I was thinking of talking about how we might learn about AI minds from animal minds. However, there has been a recent shift in my research interests um, to focus more on animal welfare, and especially how AI can impact animal welfare, and that's largely been caused by uh, three developments. One was a recent series of papers by authors present here on AI ethics and how ethicists have neglected um, how AI might impact animals and how we might include animals in AIs. Then I've also been at a conference where I got to meet the Dalai Lama, that was already mentioned here, where are several speakers um, were also present, and he really urged us on to not only investigate animal consciousness, but also try to help get their rights recognized, help to improve their welfare. And lastly, the most important uh, factor has been Marion Dawkins, who served as somewhat of an informal advisor on my PhD. She's a very influential animal welfare scientist, and perhaps known to many here 
as someone who has defended a bit of more skeptical take about animal consciousness science uh, against a lot of very positive attitudes recently about the progress of the field, how we can have more certainty. But that's not really what I'll focus on here today, but rather her recent work on smart farming for animal welfare, where she has uh, recently written a bunch of papers on the subject. Now, it's of course clear that AI is creeping into all domains of human lives. Here, the European Parliament has released a square for that. Yeah, show what perhaps the most significant areas are where AI will influence our lives. But interestingly, here, there's also smart farming mentioned as an important area. Now, I'm of course not focusing on um, how AI might be used to better farm plants, but rather the animal case. Um, so Peter Singer and Yves make a really good case for why we should have something of the field of AI ethics that also talks about animals, perhaps a kind of an interdisciplinary field here, but at some places in the paper it almost reads as if there has been not any attention given to these topics. And while this might be true for animal ethicists and AI ethicists, I think it's a mistake when we think about all the attention that has already been given by animal welfare scientists to these uh, pressing issues. And animal welfare science is, of course, not a purely scientific field. It also involves value judgments where animal welfare scientists really try to improve the lives of animals. Animal welfare science can be seen as the science of animal well-being. Now, obviously, in a farming context, we heard, yes, Wild animals also constitute a case where eyes might make a difference, and I've also written about these issues similar to other authors here. But I think it's clear that when it comes to having impact right now, the farming context is really where there's most animal suffering taking place that we can actually impact. Right? We are quickly approaching 100 billion mammals and birds being killed each year for human consumption, and these numbers are only expected to increase even further, right? Industrial large-scale farming is growing Western and developing nations alike, and there's not only poor welfare conditions in developing nations, but they exist across the globe. So there's urgent need for change, and I really want to motivate here the idea that smart uh, farming can really help us to solve this problem in a way that nothing in the last perhaps 30 years has uh, gone ever that close. Now, what is smart farming? Jonathan gave us a brief introduction. I'll talk a bit more about this here so you get a bit more of an insight. After all, not all of you might be familiar with this literature. Now, it's the integration of advanced technologies into agricultural practices to improve efficiency, productivity, and sustainability. We should also mention welfare here. Sometimes welfare is mentioned, sometimes it isn't, unfortunately. Um, but smart farming yes, relies on um, combining a set of new technological developments. Think of drones, sensors, robotics, electronic variable trackers that can be attached to animals that might keep track of the heart rate and other factors, big data and artificial intelligence, the latter of which I will focus on here. Now, we already know that smart livestock farming can impact animals. And what I'm especially will focus on here is the ethics of these technologies. And yes, I'll 
from now on talk mostly about precision livestock farming because that's a more precise term. What is precision livestock farming? Um, often abbreviated as PLF by engineers. It's the application of advanced technologies and practices to enhance the efficiency and welfare of livestock management through continuous real-time tracking, right? So you might think that a farmer goes through his farm uh, with thousands of animals. He might see uh, animal uh, limping, um, intervenes, calls the veterinarian, um, tries to solve these issues, but there might be hundreds of more animals that suffer from the same or different afflictions that um, no one in the farm is able to keep track of perfectly. Um, we only have a certain amount of time per day that we can spend with each animal. And here AI might provide us with something of a revolution where we can keep track of animals continuously and assess them all at the same time. So we can have this variety of devices, sensors, cameras, microphones to monitor and analyze health, welfare, and performance of individual animals. And this field has really grown rapidly in the last couple of years. It was also somewhat of a slow burner between 2000 and 2011. But in the last 10 years or so, there has really been a rapid roof of this field with many papers being published. It's taking up an um, ever-increasing amount of publications in the field of animal welfare science. Now, uh, because I mentioned performance and welfare, perhaps let me give a brief primer of what I mean by these terms. Performance efficiency can be measured in terms of food or economic output, for instance, milk output. We can have different proxies here. Um, and that's, of course, not what I'm really interested in. I'm not arguing that we that um, farmers are obligated to introduce uh, smart farming because it will increase their performance, but rather because it will impact welfare. And welfare will either be defined as the balance of positive and negative mental experiences across the life of an animal. Now, this definition is slowly becoming the majority view in the field, and here we can then define a good life as a life in which positive mental experiences outweigh the negative ones. Um, to briefly talk about health, bad health will of course typically diminish welfare, but it's not uh, somehow conceptually part of this. Um, it's just a causal fact that bad health typically will make our lives go worse. Uh, nevertheless, you can, for instance, think of a free-legged dog that is still happily uh, limping around, um, almost running, and really not having any worse um, life experiences. So just to make those definitional points clear. Now, let us move on. Um, when it comes to precision livestock farming, there is a lot of skepticism. And if you think about two domains that might be optimized, as Jonathan mentioned, we might think, well, if you focus only on the economic side, efficiency here, then there are legitimate worries, perhaps, that this might harm animals. Think of broiler chickens bred to be so large and growing so fast that they suffer from frequent hunger, metabolic problems, heat stress, broken bones, and other health issues. Now, this improves the performance for farmers and large corporations. 
But of course, it's not great for the welfare of individual chickens. Chickens that don't grow so fast or to be that large clearly have better lives. They don't constantly suffer from hunger. However, what I will argue here is that precision livestock farming aimed at improving health and welfare really has the potential to vastly improve the lives of farm animals much more than any of you in the room perhaps might predict. And there are several reasons for this. Firstly, by constantly keeping track of them and detecting problems long before farmers and veterinarians may notice them, um, we really make a lot of progress um, that we might not expect. So there's a lot of arguments going around that uh, smart farming will lead to the further exploitation of animals, that we will have an even less individualist approach to animals. So think of perhaps farms existing in the distant past, a romanticist where a farmer just had perhaps a hundred animals at most, took individual care for them, almost had a kind of bonding experience. And here I really think that the opposite is true, that really uh, precision livestock farming will almost get us partially back to this form of interaction um, where these subjects will perhaps not be humans, they will be non-human AI systems, but nevertheless, there will be more uh, care given to really try to um, yeah, assess individual animals. So one example that is, I think, a very nice one is to reduce the use of antibiotics. So because diseases can rapidly spread through populations um, in these very small enclosures where animals are very close to each other, and um, no one is able to detect the signs of disease very early on, really, because there's just too many animals. Often farmers just give antibiotics to all the animals to just deal with this. But this, of course, leads to antibiotic resistance, uh, pathogens, and leads to further problems down the line. This might even be spread onto humans. Um, but these complications aside, here we can then use a targeted approach by assessing perhaps an animal that is coughing. Um, and then targeting them, giving them antibiotics rather than just all animals. So here, really, we take a more individualist approach, and this will lead to better health and longevity for individuals rather than just the collective. Um, and there are many factors here where measuring sounds, behavior, temperature, growth, injuries, parasites, as well as death, will really help us to make progress with animal welfare. Uh, death, of course, is also a welfare issue, um, animals typically uh, do not enjoy the presence of dead companions, um, other than the fact that this will further spread disease. Um, it's also um, very uncomfortable to many animals. Um, um, finally, we might almost say that through machine learning and feedback, especially from farmers, once these technologies are widespread, uh, applied in almost all farms, ECI systems will likely become even better than humans at detecting these problems. Uh, sometimes we talk about these technologies as just being tested uh, on a small scale and then they're delivered to large farms um, without any further progress taking place. But that's of course not true. We know that AI is rapidly advancing, similarly how to how uh, human feedback to ChatGPT has further uh, evolved almost GPT to be uh, even more advanced. Similarly, here with feedback from farmers, 
um, and assessing the error rates, we will have, um, be able to further and further improve um, the success of these detection devices. Now, um, because this is a very nice picture to illustrate how useful it would be, some farmers have to manually count cattle. Now, this process is prone uh, to have errors. It takes a lot of time. We're having automated counting is much more reliable, similarly to paper-based record keeping. It can be very unreliable. It's much more useful to hear use AI algorithms. They can also detect errors. Similarly, manual health assessment, it should be clear, will be much worse than also having continuously keeping track of animals, their health states, their hormone levels, their stress levels, and the like. Now, there are some further examples that I think make it very clear why we should rapidly try to bring these technologies uh, to farms anywhere in the world. Uh, for instance, is one AI tool, I won't mention the name here, but you can check it in this blog, uh, helps to monitor piglets for the stress and has reduced piglet crushing by 31.37%. And this, of course, shouldn't be in a neglected when if we can decrease the cause of death by uh, one source by 30%, that is a great result. And any farmer would be rational to implement this as fast as possible. Similarly, we can have um, adjustments of temperature in real time based on the body temperature that's being assessed of animals, as well as other behavioral signs, such as freezing, overheating, which of course in turn can cause discomfort, disease, and even death. Other signs, for instance, if we uh, assess the sounds, we put recording microphones up, can help us, as I mentioned, to detect coughing as an early sign of respiratory problems. This animal might be isolated from others so that they won't be infected. We can give them medicine in order to ensure that they will uh, win their health back rather than just die. Similarly, it can help animals um, and farmers to much better communicate with each other. Uh, we already know that animals are capable of distinct stress calls, especially in juveniles, for cold, hunger, loneliness, among other criteria. But there's just no way for a farmer to listen to all these thousands of animals individually, even if we have a lot of farmers running around. Um, here, AI can really help us to intervene fast, um, which is a very important issue when it comes to many of these factors. If an animal complains about being hungry or cold for a long time and we're not able to respond in hours, um, it might have horrible consequences. Now, to come to the ethical question, or perhaps the two most radical stances, either banning these technologies altogether, because we might fear they will exploit animals further. At the other side, we have obligations, we might think, well, Clearly, these technologies uh, have this potential to improve animal lives so much further. There is an obligation for farmers to implement these technologies as fast as possible. Now, your own views will probably uh, differ here uh, from each other, and they will plausibly depend on how much you are of an optimist or pessimist, both about developments in the farming industry generally, as well as ethical commitments you might think AI engineers have. Now, we know that some companies uh, have somewhat more of a lip service to AI ethics 
commitments, but then when it comes down to it, they might uh, neglect the advice given by AI ethicists within their own companies, AI ethicists might be fired. Uh, so this can uh, legitimately justify some pessimist views about um, how much these technologies, even in the animal case, might really be used to improve welfare. Perhaps again, this is just lip service. Um, so skepticism is very common, both among animal ethicists and activists. But surprisingly, uh, a strange factor is that a lot of farmers themselves seem to share that very skepticism. They do not want to implement precision livestock farming. And how can this be explained? Is this inconsistent? So a lot of animal ethicists seem to object to PLF, precision livestock farming, because it neglects animal welfare for the pursuit of economic benefits. And then a lot of farmers seem to object to this very technology because they don't believe that these technologies surpass their own skills. So there has been a lot of talk about farmers thinking, well, ECI technology companies almost frame it as um, us as farmers being incapable, bad at our job, bad at keeping track of the health of animals, and then these new technologies that they've developed in a few years are meant to be much better than us. Um, it's almost seen as something of an affront, and also they don't see how they would provide a major benefit, at least against their costs, even if there might be some use. Um, that should be, of course, more useful than perhaps spending time on hiring more veterinarians instead to improve animal welfare. So one strong counter-argument we might have here against the view that precision life um, stock farming should become obligatory for farms is that they don't actually improve animal lives. And this is the first counter-argument we will examine here. So how do we deal with it? Well, one response we can give is that it's just an incredibly conservative stance, similar to a lot of other common denials by the public that AI could never achieve X with X just standing in for whatever ability we might imagine, say AI beating um, the world chess champion in chess, um, or other abilities such as writing philosophy essays, at least on an undergrad or a master level. And the eyes routinely surpasses those uh, abilities and is just moving on, uh, debunking and again and again um, what we might put up as a kind of barrier to the abilities the eye will never surpass, especially when it comes to what we think are unique human skills um, that the eyes will just never achieve. But at least in the last few years, I think this skepticism is becoming weaker, especially due to the developments of ChatGPT. So really, a more moderate stance, I think, uh, would be better here, and that would again lead us perhaps to thinking, well, while these technologies might not be in the moment as good as actual farmers or veterinarians keeping track of these animals, they probably will be in the not all too far future. Now, Jonathan mentioned that animal health and welfare isn't mentioned a lot compared to production, but that doesn't seem true based on some literature reviews that have been conducted in the last years, where in fact the majority of publications uh, focus us on the application of precision livestock farming for animal health and welfare rather than production. Now, in some cases we might think, well, this might just be 
lip service where perhaps really the interests are about production, but because a lot of these publications come from animal welfare scientists working together um, with AI engineers, I think we can be fairly confident that there is a genuine interest by the researchers developing these technologies to improve the lives of animals. After all, the attitudes of humans to animals have changed dramatically over the last 50 years, and they are um, changing more and more. After all, the numbers of vegans, vegetarians are only continuing to increase. Um, now, I mentioned one counter-argument that is often given here, that AI will be uh, leading to the exploitation of animals because we'll focus on the collective rather than individuals. But I think the cases and examples I've given before are nicely illustrative of that not being true at all. Really, these tools are in fact meant to focus much more on individuals than farmers are capable of because there are thousands of individuals. They just don't have the time to focus on all of them. So really, there is a bit of a revolution here where we move back almost at least partially to an older way of farming where individuals are actually given attention. The only difference might be that there's not an actual human coming to the animal and examining it. Um, and you might think, well, perhaps there's something lacking, a bond that uh, won't be created with an AI. Um, but of course, animals are often scared of um, farmers, veterinarians coming to them. It might involve painful procedures. Um, so it's not at all clear whether including individuals that actually have to approach animals for measurements is better, this might cause them more stress than having just an AI system keeping track of all these facts um, that the animal isn't even aware of. Furthermore, there has been an explosion of startups and government funding um, into precision livestock farming, which suggests that at least funders have high confidence in the eventual success of these technologies. And the goal here isn't just to improve productivity, but for a lot of funding that goes into this area, really um, welfare is a major um, interest when you think of um, organizations like Open Philanthropy, for instance, that are very interested in funding these areas. What they are very much interested in is reducing suffering in the farming context. And a lot of startups have been deliberately uh, created to improve the lives of animals. So we shouldn't just attribute them the desire to merely maximize profits at the cost of animal welfare. I think that wouldn't um, be fair. Uh, furthermore, the usefulness of these technologies has already largely been demonstrated in small-scale studies, as well as some larger uh, farms that are already starting to implement these technologies. In fact, when we think about the application of these on a much larger scale, where we have huge corporations running hundreds of farms, um, it will in fact become much cheaper for them to implement these because of economics of scale. So the argument um, that this couldn't be done because it's too expensive, I think won't be useful here. Uh, nevertheless, I think it does provide a strong second counter argument because we might, of course, think that if precision livestock farming is too expensive, it can't possibly be an obligation for farms because these farms run on very thin profit margins and thus can't afford these technologies. So let me make a case against this. 
And we might think that even if precision livestock farming indeed improves animal welfare, like many other interventions, that site still might force farms to run losses. And because this field is so competitive, it might force these farms to go bankrupt. Now, I think it is very unlikely that precision livestock farming won't improve economic output here as well as welfare because issues like disease, injury and the like, um, which is perhaps somewhat different from other interventions such as employing chickens that are less prone to growing rapidly into the same size, um, there isn't really this trade-off here between um, welfare issues and economic issues. There's some trade-off, admittedly. Jonathan pointed us out and where we might uh, place our error rates if we prefer positive um, versus false errors. Uh, nevertheless, I think that is a bit overstated because there is so much going on here where um, the productivity um, interest and the welfare interests are really identical. Um, so at least for the initial uh, implementation of these technologies, there really isn't um, any counter argument, um, any attempts to try to slow down uh, the use of these technologies is much more likely to harm animals, um, which of course isn't something we would want. And once these technologies are widespread, we might try um, to focus more on welfare where trade-offs arise. But for all the initial applications, such as pig brushing, detecting diseases that will kill animals, here we really have um, productivity and profit um, coming to barely conflict with the goal of improving the lives of animals. Uh, um, furthermore, again, as I mentioned before, uh, these technologies will become more and more affordable the more companies are using them. Um, as they become more widespread, they will become more affordable for smaller farms as well economies of scale should make a more clear case here. Finally, given how most farms are already now part of huge businesses, um, it should be very easy for them to adopt these technologies um, without um, having to perhaps accrue a lot of um, funding or initial, initial starting capital to get this technology off the ground, perhaps uh, a large Operation might test uh, precision livestock farming in one particular farm and then track how performance improves both for productivity and welfare. And so far, most of these tests um, are highly suggestive um, that precision livestock farming both improves welfare and productivity. Um, finally, another counter argument we might have to this is that, well, if these farms can't exist, um, perhaps these farms shouldn't exist if they can't afford to invest in the welfare of the animals. And that's, of course, an old argument where we might say, well, a lot of these um, large-scale industrial farms just have very poor welfare, and perhaps they shouldn't even exist. And if that's the case, that's not really an argument against the obligation to implement precision livestock farming, but a completely different argument altogether. All the farms that perhaps continue to exist and um, that focus more on welfare, there I think it is a clear obligation to implement these technologies. Now, to deal with a final counter-objection, 
and that is often made in the last 10 years and more generally in animal welfare context it's a general complaint that animal welfare science has in the past mostly focused on the presence of pathological conditions uh, on suffering uh, rather than positive experiences right so a lot of the um technologies we've discussed here largely focus on avoiding negative states um and we might think that this can be a similar problem here where these technologies might lead us to something that has been called proxy failure where we might have or implement a measure um in order to achieve some goal think perhaps of an education context where we um, introduced various tests for tra keeping track of educational attainments. But over time, those measures curiously uh, seemed to be less reliable in getting at the target. They've actively become worse. There's almost a kind of gamifying process here. And similarly, we might think, well, that these technologies um, would focus more and more on the health side with the positive experiences becoming more neglected. But there's multiple arguments against this. Well, firstly, health conditions will remain the main driver of poor welfare in industrial farms um, for at least the next decade. Um, so there's no doubt that even if these technologies would exclusively deal with these problems, they would still lead to major welfare improvements. And furthermore, once these technologies are widespread, we might think that actually trying to tweak them in order to also use them to improve positive experiences, for instance, by assessing signs of frustration, loneliness, boredom. Um, here, we also have a way of interfering. Um, think, for, think perhaps of animals being allowed to interact with each other if they show signs of loneliness and boredom. Perhaps there could be an automated form of uh, connecting cages and um, then closing them up against each other, where animals can come in contact with each other. Really, I would provide a very nice way here of perhaps allowing us to much more reliable focus on the positive experiences of animals when farmers and veterinarians just are running behind all the negative um, states that they are encountering, unable to really treat um, all animals. So really, AIs will help us to keep better track of all these negative experiences. And once we've done this, I think it will become much more easy to also implement um, uh, tools to improve positive experiences of animals using this existing infrastructure, right? Um, and because animal welfare scientists are so closely involved in trying to implement these technologies, I think we can be fairly confident that this will happen. And now, as we see here in this conference, there's increasing demand for animal and AI ethicists to become involved in these debates. I think we can help uh, to avoid such a proxy failure where these technologies would be purely used to deal with health issues, but where we can really focus perhaps in the future on making the experiences better. I think, for instance, of these brushes used um, for cows um, that give them very positive experiences. You might say that help them with cleanliness and the like, but it's undeniable that a lot of cows just approach these um, for the pure joy of being scratched, of having this uh, positive feeling of being massaged. So to conclude this talk, um, 
Smart farming, precision livestock farming has unparalleled potential in improving animal welfare. And importantly, without the typical costs associated with welfare improvements in farms, uh, increasing cage sizes, uh, using um, non-modified uh, chickens. Uh, obviously, here there's a trade-off between welfare and economic side of these businesses. Um, but for many issues in smart farming, that is in fact not the case. Where these two interests align, and it's only once we've um, achieved the health of these animals uh, that perhaps there will be a trade-off in the future. But I think that's a problem perhaps for 10 years from now rather than the now, and we shouldn't really try to stop the development of these technologies, try to have uh, policy constraints, because I don't really see the issue here. Now, in fact, I think that the opposition We already saw that these technologies um, are able to prevent pig um, blade crushing. Uh, we can very fast detect some diseases. We can cure them before they lead uh, to lethal results. And in fact, the future affordability of these technologies will, I think, importantly, increase public pressure to improve animal welfare further. A lot of the arguments that are often even against improving animal welfare are that it's just not economically viable. But as we can see with these technologies, there is a vast range of animal welfare improvements we can um, implement that will also help the productivity of these businesses, thus improving animal welfare standards and again increasing the public perception of what acceptable welfare standards are for farmed animals. So I'm hopeful here that there will be something of a feedback loop um, that will lead to animal welfare being taken ever more seriously. Now, animal welfare scientists, I think it's important to mention, are already closely engaged with the development of these technologies. And that is important to mention because they are very much interested uh, in ensuring that these technologies are ethical, that they're not just used to exploit animals, to uh, further their suffering for the mere sake of productivity. Um, that is not um, to say that the ethicists can't become involved here. That is far from the truth. Um, but it's not to say that ethicists are the only ones who are interested in ensuring that these technologies are ethical. And it's important here, I think, to have more exchange between animal welfare science and animal ethicists as well as AI ethicists. And to move further to the final sentence here, future developments in AI technologies will largely enable these large scale um, industrial farming practices to partially return to a model of individual care where we can take um, preventative measures um, for the spread of disease very quickly. We can deal with welfare issues um, very fast when having to wait very long where it becomes very obvious where an animal shows very clear signs of something being wrong with them, AIs can really help us here. And I think this is quite contrary to the fear some skeptics have expressed um, that it will lead um, to a kind of collectivization of these animals where they're no longer seen as individuals, they're just a type of product. I think it couldn't be further from the truth and these AIs will in fact in a, be set in a way to retreat these animals as individuals to be taken care of. 
And I think that is a very nice um, perspective where we can think, well, the ice must not be used in any harmful ways. In fact, the AI might be more interested in keeping track of the welfare of these animals. But that's just set in the algorithm, whereas farmers uh, might be more um, susceptible to having their individual interests, time and the like, tiredness, uh, interfering with the welfare interests of the animal. The AI won't be having such a problem. Uh, finally, I think I've made a good case here. I hope you have further arguments, uh, perhaps to counter this, that animal farms really have an obligation to implement these smart farming technologies to improve animal welfare. I think there's little doubt that they will in the future make a major difference, and it's just a question of time for how fast um, we can spread these technologies. Once they become available in Western nations, um, I hope and many economists would agree that they will become more affordable, spread to developing nations where there's obviously even more animal suffering, where the trade-off between welfare and productivity isn't really taken serious. Typically, productivity is the only thing that is being maximized there, but because AI systems can help us to reach so many welfare benefits that also coexist with productivity, it's especially then in developing nations uh, where we might have a kind of trickling down of these technologies that can improve animal welfare further. And with that, thanks so much uh, for listening and we can move to the question.